earn people's commute, right? If you're going to yeah. ask commute in the office, you better make it worth their while. So if you're asking them to come in, make sure that that day that they're in there, that um, they're getting something out of it. There's something valuable coming out of it for the company. Some people will call it a genie out of the bottle. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's not going back in. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. This is your host, Jeff Tun. Gartner's IT Symposium and Expo is a go-to for many CIOs and IT leaders. It brings together Gartner analysts, IT practitioners, and leading vendors. It gives them this opportunity to network, learn, and exchange ideas. Many IT leaders use the information to solidify plans for the coming year. Our guest today is Glenn Keller. Glenn is the Director of IT for Countrymark, an American-owned oil exploration, production, refining, and marketing company. Glenn attended this year's symposium and we thought it would be great to sit down and talk with him about his key takeaways from the conference and how he's going to use this information to plan for the future. Welcome to Status Go, Glenn. I'm glad to be here. I am so glad that uh, I saw your post on LinkedIn about the conference and uh, this idea jumped in my head about, you know, we should really talk to somebody who was who was there uh, I know a lot of our peers, Glenn, uh, from here in the Indianapolis area attended, as well as from across the country. And uh, I always, as a CIO, I always found it a great conference to, to network with, with peers. But before we get into that, I'd, I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about your journey. How did, how did you get where you are today? Uh, and then we'll jump into the conference. Okay. Um, well, I uh, thanks, Jeff. I've, <laughs> so I, I'd like to say I've been in this field since punch cards, <laughs> but, but the truth is I've been in this field since paper tape, if you oh, remember my. paper tape. So I just- That was before my time. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're right. I just narrowly, narrowly avoided paper tape, uh, but um, I did use punch cards to write um, assembly code early in my, early in my uh, training. Mm -hmm. at, uh, at Ball State. So the, the way I got into um, computer science was kind of indirect. I was a theater major and I took the dreaded science elective that we all feared, uh -huh. uh, mostly because they were in the morning and nobody wanted to get up in the morning. Uh, so the only thing available was computer science. And so I took a you know, CS 101, which was programming in basic. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the professor is a small school, so everybody kind of knew everybody. Uh, the professor um, came up to me after, after one class and she said, you know, you're really good at this. Why do you want to starve? <laughs> I would be involved in theater. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you can have a real career with this. And, um, I, I liked theater, but I wasn't like into starving. So I thought, eh, well, she thinks it's a good idea. So I, I'll, maybe I'll give it a try. So she managed by some hook and crook 
to get me inserted into the master's program at Ball State University. And it kind of went from there. So my first job, um, I was programming Fortran and COBOL. Uh, I did that. And, and everybody who's in IT management knows there comes a time where they don't want you to touch anything anymore. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's how you get into management, really. So yeah. You break enough things. <laughs> For God's sake, stop writing code. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, I coded for like the first 13 years of my career. Then I kind of switched and started doing project management um, at Alcoa and um, quickly got promoted into more permanent management forms. And then I was with Alcoa for quite a while and some subsidiaries of Alcoa and I advanced to management, eventually became uh, the CEO uh, of one of the Alcoa business units. And um, we did that job for about five or six years, which is pretty decent tenure yeah. for CIO before they finally get tired of you. Um, and then, uh, and, you know, so my next job now is I'm director of information technology uh, at Countrymark, which Jeff described to you. Uh, the irony here is my scope is probably greater. Um, you know, I have more more uh, locations and more employees at Alcoa, but you know, the scope of what I have to get my hands into here is a, a bit greater. So mm -hmm. um, I like to tell people I should have taken this one. This is a job I should have had before that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's how I got here, Jeff. Excellent, excellent, and and you know I, you you probably already gathered this uh, from Glenn's introduction there that um, Glenn has a wonderful sense of humor, uh, sarcasm, and tongue in cheek. So as we're talking, you might hear uh, some things that are you know just a little bit sarcastic. I, just warning you in advance. Glenn is a Glenn is a dear friend and a respected. Uh, IT leader here in in Indianapolis. So this opportunity to sit down with him and talk about his impression of the Gartner Conference, uh, I knew uh, we'd be able to cut through some of the hype uh, that happens around the large conferences, not just Gartner, everybody, uh, and really get to what are the nuts and bolts. So so Glenn, with that, let's let's dive into. Uh, the conference. It was just, uh, as we're recording this, it was just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, uh, just give us the general uh, impression uh, overall, and then we'll kind of drill down into that from there. Yeah. Okay. So this is just for kind of, um, you know, to set some some base layer here. This is, this is the sixth, this was the sixth Gartner Symposium that I've attended. So I've seen what how they operate. I'm mm -hmm. I am a big fan of them. I like I like taking other people on my team because mm -hmm. uh, I I think you can just soak up a lot in a in a short period of time, and they're they're good teaming events besides learning events. And so I get excited about hearing all the new tech. And mm -hmm. of course you can't you know you you not can implement ninety nine percent of it, but it's important to understand it. And there's always going to be the one thing that you take away. And that that's kind of a difference maker. Um, so this year was interesting because we had COVID, mm -hmm. uh, and you know this was the first one uh, where we've been live in two years. And oh I, yeah, that's right. I it was sold out. I don't recall them ever using that wording before, and uh, people were just super super hyped uh, to be in a live uh, conferencing situation. So there's, if you've ever been to one of these, then you know that there's, 
there's a few things everybody that, that are in co- everybody has in common, right? Everybody sets their own agenda, they're off, but yep. there's things everybody talks about. And the things generally everybody talks about are, okay, where are we going for the theme park night? Because there's always a theme park <laughs> night. Um, what kind of animal are they going to give away when you fill out the feedback? And, uh-huh. um, you know, and then the keynotes, right? Because generally everybody goes to the keynotes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'll start there, like just said, a little tug in cheek. But, you know, this year the animal was, it was a, you know, cow versus fox. And from, you know, if you filled out the feedback form, then you got to cow, pick, pick a cow versus fox to take home to your child or grandchild or whatever. And my understanding from the, the people running the help desk is pretty neck and neck. Yeah, so, yeah. Picking who. Um, <laughs> The, the you know, Universal was the uh, the theme park choice, which is always nice. They do a good job with that. They reserve the park. And it, it's just kind of a nice reward for being, you know, a Gartner customer. And they do a really yeah. good job with that. Yeah. Um, you've become a Harry Potter fanboy now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you went to the theme park? Yeah, a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, of, one of our colleagues, a good friend that um, Jeff knows from the area, she was my Gartner executive partner, and she was just appalled that I have never watched or read Harry Potter, and so she was <laughs> converter. Um, so the you know on a, a little more serious note on the keynotes, the keynotes are always excellent. Um, big difference this year was on the opening keynote. What Gartner likes to do is like present this big concept, and they'll have these fancy slides, and you can tell that you know, marketing, had to come up with a term, and, um, and and then that 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 big idea carries through the whole conference. Yeah. And frankly, you know, a lot of times you sit through the opening keynote, you know, okay, what is going to be this year? You roll your eyes a little bit, and okay, let's get off to the conference and the good stuff. But the opening keynote this year was really good. It actually tied uh, for best session. Really? Uh, popular session. With the keynote given by uh, Coach K, Coach Shashevsky. So it was really impactful. There are a lot of good takeaways from the keynote. So, um, you know, it was um, that that was something that was really nice. They did a good job on. Um, And as far as how it went post COVID and all that, you would have thought COVID never existed. Yeah. Um, There were a few people wearing masks, but other than that, uh, people were pretty much flying free. So talk to me a, a little bit more about the keynote. What were what were some of the takeaways that you that you took away from that uh, throughout and, and then use them throughout the rest of the conference? Okay, so the keynote, um, it, it was interesting. So I'll give you the one of the, the takeaways that we as a team took away that was most important to us is, you know, take the friction out of work. So that was something they talked about a lot. So in the same keynote, they also talked about cyber quite a bit mm-hmm. and cybersecurity. And you know, if you if you want to talk about friction, nothing adds more friction to the enterprise than cybersecurity, mm-hmm. right? It's always something else, right? Do you have MFA turned on? Uh, you know, now okay, you've got to uh, you know before you can get to a new website, right? You've got to you know check a box that says, mm-hmm. hey, I agree that this website is safe. It it's um, you know, passwords get longer, they get more complicated. So cybersecurity obviously is important, especially to us in oil and gas. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm just astounded at how much friction 
the enterprise is willing to put up with, um, right? They know it's mm -hmm. necessary, but still. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think it's an unfortunate, if it was a war, we'd be losing, right? Because we're just, it's costing us as, um, you know, not just this country, but all countries, just an enormous amount of productivity and money yeah. uh, to protect our enterprises. Um, so the other thing that, um, one of the other things that they covered in the keynote really focused on was surprise, surprise, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it was a little more focused than I've seen it in the past. Uh, in the past, it's been all about kind of baselining artificial intelligence and, oh my, you got to do it, you got to do it, you got to do it, don't get behind, et cetera, et cetera. Talking yeah. about, you know, artificial intelligence, black box and bias and all that. And in and, and this, they were they were a little more focused on mm -hmm. using artificial intelligence to augment work. So they called it AI augmentation. So okay. yeah, this is the you know, this is the transactional worker or the worker in the field that's trying to get a job done, the you know, the craft, whoever, even the knowledge worker in some cases, using um, using an algorithm um, to help them get their job done better. And this is something they really focused on. I remember one quote was that, that they gave was that, um, you know, artificial intelligence and algorithms are not going to replace physicians, but physicians that can work with artificial intelligence and, and algorithms will replace those that can't. Ah, okay. uh, and, I, and I thought that was pretty, yeah. yeah. You know, it's a concept that's been there for a while. Hey, you know, you need to work with machines. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was a really, it was a really good way to put it. Something else they talked about during the keynote was they really were encouraging experimentation. Mm -hmm. And what they were saying that they're, and, and it was kind of tied to talent. And, you know, what do, what do we look like, right, to the talent pool? And basically what they're saying is one, you should look at some highly hyped stuff, the stuff mm -hmm. that's kind of out there a little bit, do some experiments, you'll learn something and, uh, and then make sure you publicize it, right? So make sure that people outside the organization know exactly what you're doing, what you're experimenting. And it doesn't matter if you throw it away, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's the fact that you're the type of organization that's willing to take some risk and willing to try things out and willing to be innovative. That's, that's, um, and that's important. So, well, as you're talking about this, the other, the other thing that that comes to my mind, and I know uh, we've talked about this before, um, is as you're thinking about augmented and AI, metaverse comes to mind. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It it took me a long time to really understand even what that was, but what was the messaging around metaverse? Okay, so Metaverse came up in the keynote uh, because it came up everywhere. So that was my hype section, right? Okay, okay. So, I mean, all you heard, right? If you wanted to take one theme out of the entire conference, it was Metaverse, 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 Metaverse. Uh -huh. uh, now, there's, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of real world use cases I'm hearing other than, mm -hmm. hey, you can use it to do this. In our case, you know, you use it out of the refinery. Some people feel like they're in the refinery, et cetera, et cetera. But there is kind of a universal use case 
that um, got a lot of focus, got attention, a lot of attention. And that's that's kind of this idea of immersive collaboration. Mm -hmm. So that was um, that was something that got focused on a lot, got hit on a lot. You need to get out in front of this. Um, and this, I would say this is probably Gartner, one of Gartner's close in things that we're going to see pretty close in. Our kids are already doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my daughter's got an Oculus something or other, and she's always up there chatting and jumping around, talking to people. Uh, yeah. And said our gaming sites. Um, I, I did, prior to this, I did look up a definition. Um, and the definition I saw was the metaverse will allow users to take physical objects from the real world and transform them into virtual objects in the virtual world. Not okay. Like then yeah. But then it said, conversely, Metaverse will allow users to bring virtual objects into the real world. And that <laughs> one, I'm having a hard time getting my hands around. I mean, I'm picturing uh -huh. like some kid designing a killer robot. Oh, and yeah, it, yeah. Okay, so do, is this something we want to bring into the real world? I'm not sure. So it sounds like a science fiction movie a little well, bit. Well, I, I know you're a, you're a huge proponent of STEAM, which is STEM plus the arts. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read about this, but Carl Palmer of Emerson, Lake and Palmer uh -huh. is going on tour with Keith Emerson and Greg Lake virtually because they're deceased. And so he's doing something in this kind of immersive collaboration. They're doing concerts. They're doing a whole tour uh, with that. McCartney did a little bit uh, at the end of his tour with John Lennon. They did a duet together. Yeah, uh, and obviously Lennon's been uh, dead since 1980. So, so there are some things like that that are happening on the creative side that that maybe ends up being uh, you know not as creepy as it sounds. Who knows? Who knows? So, what's, when, the, guy, when, what's the guy from the Stones? Keith Richards? Yeah, still alive? He is, of course. I don't know. Are you sure? Maybe he's been dead for years. Well, that could be. Maybe he did. Maybe he died when he fell out of the coconut tree. Um, so <laughs> thinking about the conference, um, what are what are some top takeaways that you as a CIO uh, leading an organization uh, that, that you took away? What were kind of the maybe the top two or three that you took away? Um, well, we mentioned the we, we um, oh, oh, two or three. OK, well. <laughs> Well, you can list more than that if you want. But. I got like seven. Okay. So, um, so you know, we, and everybody in our team that was there, and I had I had four of us plus my boss, which was good. So bring your boss if you can. Um, everybody agreed, hey, we need to find some stuff and just let's launch some experiments. Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of tied into one of the CIO luncheon keynotes that we heard, which was just, hey, Commit to something and then figure out how to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I really like that message, and if you know me, that's kind of the way I operate anyway. So I, that's something that everybody kind of got behind, at least on our team, and we were talking about some stuff. Um, there was a lot of DE and I uh, diversity, mm -hmm. equity, and inclusion coverage at the conference. Good, uh, good. Gartner seems to ramp that up uh, at every event, whether they're virtual or so. There's more and more covers there. Um, they came away. There was actually two learnings there. One was you know, speaker kind of trapped everybody and said, "How many DEI initiatives do you have going on?" And you know, and then he 
you know, so people raise their hands for, oh, we got five, we got 10, we got 15. And, you know, his message was, you know, if you got more than one or two, uh, you're probably not getting it done right. Um, uh, so yeah. Made me focus. I'm kind of, I'm on a DE&I um, task force here. Um, so that was helpful. The other thing is, you know, Gartner likes to do things on a page. So they came up with a template for doing DE&I strategy on a page. Okay. I thought that was, I uh, looked at it and said, hey, this is going to be useful. It's like a good shortcut. Um, another thing was they had a cybersecurity business value benchmark, what they called it. And I, you know, I don't know why we haven't heard of this yet until now, but basically they had 16 metrics mm -hmm. track that are really important to any business. And show them, you know, this is something you can show your executives, you know, in your monthly reports or whatever, how you're doing on those. The good thing I liked about it, you know, in the, again, in that spirit of commitment, figure it out. Uh, most organizations won't be able to track all 16, mm -hmm. but even we looked at it, we got five or six of them already. So good. Good. having those, having those five, five or six is better than not having the 16. So um, we'll start with that. Um I liked what, so Emmanuel Akko, who's a former NFL player, analyst for Fox News, wrote a couple of books. Uh, he was one of the keynotes, really entertaining guy. Mm -hmm. um, I think he, I, I think the name of his podcast is Difficult Conversations with a Black Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think he's got a book, Difficult Conversations with a Black Boy. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd imagine that's from when he was younger. But um, he talked about objectives versus goals. And uh, I'm not really a goals person. I, and I felt like, hey, this guy's my tribe here because it basically says he's talking about goals can be tyrants, right? Mm -hmm. You get fixated on a goal and sometimes you miss the adjacent opportunity that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's right in front of you. Um, so I, I, I really like that. I, uh, you know, Jeff, you know, I've been, um, I've been writing a lot and I'm working on some things in that area. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I keep trying to find time to start uh, something like this, a podcast, mm -hmm. really not quite so valuable, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, my wife said to me, why don't you take, you know, take your camera down to the symposium thing, and make a video. Yeah. And, you know, that to me, you know, that was kind of similar to this. It's like, well, I hadn't really thought about that. But it's another way of storytelling, and I did, and I really enjoyed doing it. Um, and you know what? It's easier than this, Jeff. It's easier than a podcast. <laughs> it's, like, it's just you just whip out the camera and you walk around. Some people see the camera; they do crazy things. So, oh, I bet, I bet. Yeah. So it was. Um, so that's kind of an example of just kind of letting the universe uh, guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guide. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't mean you should have goals. I mean, goals are good, but yeah. You know, what if what if Michael Jordan had decided he really wanted to focus on his golf game? You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. So this session on top strategic strategic predictions mm -hmm. um, for 2023 and beyond, Gartner does that every year. All of them, all of them, uh, right? So you're expecting some technology thing, right? Yeah, yeah. All about talent and people. All of them. Um, so yeah, this is something everybody's, everybody's struggling with. So that's kind of, kind of the, some of the, at a little more granular level, um, some of the takeaways I had from us. 
what were some of their predictions if you can if you can share them on the on the talent and the people um i don't okay so so just kind of keep take this in context yeah gardner has been work remote pro uh-huh. for a long time and yeah. in essence garden i mean they have a big headquarters in fort myers and in stanford connecticut but you know a lot of their quote unquote talent and i mean talent in you know uh yeah literally on the stage and those type of people analysts uh you know they're, they're a remote work environment and they've been big champions of you know remote work work from home or whatever for a long time but they they were very clear uh all their analysts pretty aligned on this is this is not this is not going away anytime mm -hmm. soon um one of the um keynotes was julie sweet uh yeah CEO of Accenture, and she had an interesting take on it. Um, you know, she's you know pro remote work with her seven hundred twenty thousand employees, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but she does want people in the office sometimes. But hers, you know, her solution to that is, you know, earn people. I think the term she used was earn people's commute. Right? If you're going to yeah. ask commute in the office, you better make it worth their while. So. If you're asking them to come in, make sure that that day that they're in there, that um, they're getting something out of it. There's something valuable coming out of it for the company. So I I think yeah yeah it's it's that's a some people will call it a genie out of the bottle. Uh, it's oh yeah yeah it's not going back in. I'm I'm sitting across the street from a company that I won't mention, uh, but I've talked to a couple of people that um, work there. And basically what they told me was their management gave an edict about, well, here are the terms of work from home and hybrid and when you want it in the office and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And pretty much everybody ignored it. Yeah, yeah. Right, managers are not enforcing it. Supervisors are not enforcing it. Um, and uh, I can see that parking lot every day, it's empty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pe people want that flexibility. They don't, they don't want to it to be dictated to right uh, for that i mean it's also started to be seen as a diversity issue particularly you know from the from the standpoint of people that are neurodiverse uh people that might need accommodations and handicaps mm -hmm. or you know for you know for working moms yeah 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 that's very true i hadn't thought about it as a uh, as a diversity issue um one of the other things that that you mentioned glenn uh uh, in in preparation for this is the you called it the maturing of digital and I don't know if that was a quote directly from the conference or if that was was your quote but what what did they mean by that what what's your takeaway regarding digital okay so th that was my term maturing of a digital um, yeah, because you've you know you you constantly have this drumbeat of digital transformation. You know, and you know, a few years ago, it was every company is an IT company. Um, yeah, you know, that would be interesting because nothing would ever work. But <laughs> we we know that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're actually recording this on Zoom today instead of our normal platform, ZenCaster, uh, because we couldn't get uh, ZenCaster to work for some reason. Not a knock on them. I think there's a firewall issue. But anyway, that uh, if we sound different, that's why. But again, you get two technology professionals together, and there's technology problems. 
Right. And, you know, that's some of that cybersecurity friction we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm quite sure there was some component that was blocking it from working. Yeah, yeah. So this maturing of digital, sorry, I interrupted your train of thought there, but I had to, I had to call that out. What, what, what's, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it, it's, what I've seen is this whole, you know, this thing a few years ago where, oh my God, digital, 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 digital. Uh, to more of a nuanced approach. Like one of the presentations that I thought I would never hear was um, was was entitled, you know, how digital does your company need to be? Ah. Uh, uh -huh. so a little more of a realistic approach, saying yeah. not everybody needs to have digital transformation. Where's the business case? Where does it make sense? Um, you know, we don't need to throw robots at everything. If their robots going to provide absolutely no value or create right. Right. so that that's what I meant by maturing. You know, it's more use case driven, and uh, there's use a lot more use cases in the industry, and it, there's not so it, it's not so much of a hype. Yeah, as, yeah, gotcha. And, and I think that's a that's a great pragmatic approach to to technology, right? It's it's never been about technology for technology's sake. It's what does the business need uh, to make it successful and connect with its with its customers, right? As as you look back on that, uh, what was it, three or four days uh, that you were uh, at this conference? Um, what's the overall takeaway that you? Uh, I, I can envision you sitting on the plane on your way home, thinking about the conference. Uh, what was the overall takeaway? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I gotta tell you the 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 area that we have to cover as IT leaders is just breathtaking. I mean, there are five or six full time jobs if if you were to really focus on that. Mm -hmm. And um, and and this is all goes on top of you know being a leader for the for the people on your team. Right. You know, most of us that are kind of in the, the mid-size space, you know, we don't have, you know, <laughs> oh, okay, do some experiments. Well, you know, okay, great. I'll have my, you know, my crack R&D team, which also happens to be my, my network guy. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go yeah. Off, go off and do an experiment. So, you know, we have to, we, you know, we have to run, you know, our businesses do really depend on our technology stack. And we have to run that as efficiently as possible, as cost effectively as possible. We have to maintain the current footprint, meaning there's something always needs to be upgraded, patched, whatever. We need to protect the enterprise, which is just, my God, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and oh, yeah, and I forgot, we got to transform the enterprise <laughs> while we're at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, you know, and there's different verticals you get into there, like data analytics. And it's it's just... Things that we didn't have to think about, uh, even since I've been in a leadership role. Yeah. That, well, and it is that breadth is just it. It can be overwhelming, can't it? It it can. Yeah. Well, Glenn, we are we're we're running up on time, and I want to um, ask ask you a question. I know you've listened to Status Go uh, episodes before. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to put you on the spot like I do a lot of our guests because we like to leave our listeners with this solid call to action, very explicit call to action. 
So what are one or two things that our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listened to our conversation today? Okay, so the first thing that I would say, given where we are with talent, is you, you, ne you need to do something to make sure that you've got an enterprise that's going to attract talent. And I'm not just talking about IT talent. I mean, across the enterprise. Um, you know, one of the things I, I heard there was, um, you know, kind of this, this idea of a digital um, employee experience and an, an employee experience strategy. I've never heard, quote unquote, an ex employee experience strategy before. So to me, that is, you know, no matter what else we talk about on here, you, if you, if, like I'm making a joke about the network guy, but if you don't have the network guy that can do the experiment, if, right. if you have one that's, you know, kind of not all that great, um, it's none of that's going to matter. Mm. Your talent is everything. And I think IT can play a big role and it, it works both ways. It's a little bit selfish as IT leaders because we're not the best people, but we're in a position to help the enterprise, like I said, with experiments and those those sorts of things that we could put out there. Use your marketing people to help you help you with that too. Help help you in what way? Uh, publicize it, right? Oh get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it in front of in front of you know, whether it's on on LinkedIn or on the company website, whatever. Make yeah. sure that people see that. Yeah, I I love that because uh, it. Uh, sometimes it is, it, it feels a little bit like self-promotion to, to promote what your team is doing. But uh, I've, I've always felt like the IT team is in a unique position in an organization because they see the organization, as you were talking about the breadth of the role of CIO, of IT leader, you see aspects of the organization that not everybody sees all the, all the pieces. So uh, I think that's a, a great call to action Glenn, before uh, before we close, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners uh, about the conference, about your thoughts for 2023? Uh, I yeah I yeah I I I do recommend the conference. It's it's not cheap. Uh, it does come with a certain level of membership. At Gartner, you get the conference, but you know it's this is not um, you know this is not your normal tech conference where you know maybe swing a thousand dollars out there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's 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 quite pricey, uh, but it's a lot of good content um, in one you know in one in one shot for a week. It's a good yeah. download, and it, as you said, it does kind of help you set up. Uh, I think for next year, um, your talent is going to continue um, mm -hmm. to be a um, a big issue. But I, I think you know we're kind of um, you know joking a little bit about the metaverse, but. I, I think this idea collaboration needs to take another step forward. Yeah, yeah. This, this, you know, the the whole, you know, you know, Zoom or you know, WebEx or Teams meetings, they, um, they're great, but they are, um, they're exhausting. Yeah. So what you know, what can we do as IT leaders to make those types of experiences better? You know, is it more immersion? Uh, is it different technology? Mm -hmm. uh, is it maybe injecting some meeting discipline? We can do that. In yeah, organization, yeah. They, sometimes people look for us at how to use technology. So I, I see that as being a huge thing, um, yeah, you know, kind of at a global level, uh, yeah. 2023. Excellent. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for carving out time to talk with us today. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. As always, it is fantastic to sit down and talk to you. Uh, this one was even better because we had the mic on. 
<laughs> I, I enjoyed it, Jeff. It was fun. Thank you. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. Uh, I'll also put in a plug for an episode that you need to go back and listen to, uh, measuring what matters, uh, measuring performance. Glenn mentioned uh, cybersecurity measurements, and we talked about that on a, on an episode with Adam Scamahorn. So look for that uh, and uh, uh, take give that one a listen as well. This is Jeff Tun for Glenn Keller. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.